What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Post 20 Podcast, bringing you episode 82. This will be the Euro 2020 group stage recap. Um, a wild ride, but um, we're going to recap what our predictions were too, for, uh, two weeks ago when we did that. And it looked pretty good. I mean, it was a, the way it worked out, uh, for the most part, worked how we thought it was. Um, I, I'll say this, that Evan predicted more than me um normally because he took some some faith in sweden and he loved uh germany more than portugal and it turned out in his favor but Mm -hmm. overall it's been a pretty standard result in each group i'd say what about you did is there anything that you thought uh would have turned out differently yeah i mean i think group e was the one i I didn't get a a single placement right in group e Um, the, the two teams that i thought would go well three really um, that would go through did are, are gonna go through but i didn't get any of the placements right so um that was the one that was the one weird thing i got group a group c and group f i got the placements like every single placement right um so that w- that was good to see group d was also strange because you had over performances from the czech republic who somehow yeah. still managed to finish fourth um which was weird but yeah, I, I, there was a couple of things that went weird. Group F, what we'll get to, that was a fucking crazy one because if Germany would have drawn Hungary there or lost the Hungary, if they would have lost the Hungary, which it looked like they may, uh, they were going to do at some point, uh, they would have gone out. But yep. in, instead, you know, they got the result and they managed to secure second place. That Group F was was certainly a group of death, and and Hungary actually performed pretty well i think um all things considered so that that was like the the one thing that that kind of shocked me otherwise you know i was i was pretty sure that uh you know the group b would go the way that it did yeah. um finland plays third instead of fourth uh, mm-hmm. so yeah i mean it it was it was pretty good i think this was a straightforward one um mm-hmm. i i play a lot of like when i play fifa i play fifa casually now um, okay. I, I play with a lot of these international teams and I think when you, when you actually get familiar with the caliber of player that they have and you understand how much you have to play through those guys, if you want to get things done, you can kind of get a grip on how they're going to perform when they go to the tournament and like yes. Switzerland and Wales, especially like the Wales pick. I was so confident in Wales. Number two, I, I knew for a fact that they would perform better than Switzerland and Turkey. Um, and that's all just from playing years and years of FIFA with with the Welsh national team, um, which I know sounds corny, but I I mean a lot. I think I'd say a lot of our our soccer knowledge does does stem from our obsession and addiction with FIFA for the past you know decade of of our lives. Yeah, I agree with that statement. It's a pretty strong uh, point to reference, but. Um, like you said with your predictions, you got for positions exactly right. You got sixteen out of twenty-four, while I got twelve out of twenty-four. So above fifty percent is probably the average. Mm-hmm. And then for the qualifying for the knockout round, you got fourteen out of sixteen. And uh, when I listened back to that episode, and I was like, okay, my third place, my four best third place teams, I only gave three for some reason, and like neither of us noticed that. So. I also got 14 out of 16, I'll say that. Oh, that's good. Um, so pretty good there. Uh, I guess we'll go group by group, like we said. And then um, I think our last episode, we cut off right before the Group F's second leg matches. So we'll touch on those when we get to that. But 
Um, or actually, we can touch on this. The player stats right now. Leaders for Golden Boot. You uh, and Zach went with Ronaldo, and it's looking he's looking strong right now. He's sitting up top with five. Obviously, three of those are penalties, so you take that <laughs> as you want. Um, but there's a strong race for second right now. You still got your boy Forsberg. Would not have thought he would have been up there with three. Uh, you got Schick with three. Uh, my boy Lukaku looking strong. He should have had like four or five because a couple were disallowed. And uh, Wijnaldum up there for Netherlands. Uh, Netherlands is a team that we'll get to that I'm really impressed with so far. But um, starting at the top, Group A, Italy, the finishing top, seven goals for, zero against, one of two teams that have not conceded a goal, uh, the other being England. Um, they're looking like a powerhouse right now. Now, when I looked back at uh, that episode for predictions, I said they're their downfall might be that experience, which in turn is uh, the age, the age guys, the old guys um, with their speed. And in one of those matches, you did see Chiellini um, get subbed off about 25 minutes and he might've had a big energy there, but uh, losing those types of players on the field is very tough as a team and you have to really build on it together, but they, they pulled through. Um, some would say they played some debatable competition, but they're going to have a very um, interesting round of 16 matchup against uh, Austria. Um, but I thought they played really well. Your boy Mobley scored a couple goals. Mm. Uh, he did get the support from some other players. Uh, Locatelli is shocker. holding has been mid, really good. Um, yeah, overall, the Italian team is playing like a unit. And uh, I'll say this, uh, a good, good uh, I'm trying to say, what am I trying to say here? Uh, a, a nod of the, the tip of the cap to Roberto Mar- uh, Mancini, right? Mm-hmm. Is that his yeah. first name? Yep. The manager for Italy, uh, ex-Man City manager. Um, he said when he played in the Euros in, I think, 1990, when they won um, on home soil uh, because they've been playing their group state matches in Italy, um, he made it so that every single player played on that pitch at least one game. And I think he got 25 out of 26 guys on the field. So yeah. uh, that's a that's a good thing to do as a manager. I really appreciate that because I remember there was pictures of goalie change with uh, Sir Goon goal. Yep. So, so um, what do you think about Italy's chances here? Everybody's thinking they're going to be an absolute powerhouse, but uh, it's not going to matter until these knockout stages one and done games when everything's on the lines we'll see who has the nervousness deal how far do you think italy can go here yeah so they do have a lot of young players when you what like you said immobile is not super young but he's pretty young and inexperienced in terms of international competition um most of your experience is in the back there i don't think you have to worry about that um if they continue to play as a unit i i think that they could actually you know really really make their way in this tournament um but i'm not i'm not 100 percent sold i i don't like i have a tough time seeing them in you know the the last four of the tournament um i don't know if they're gonna be making it to semis but i think they could they play switzerland right they will play austria in the first round sorry yes if if they win they'll they'll face the winner of portugal belgium so uh it's gonna they they are on the hard side of the bracket yeah i wanted to make a notion to that because uh i'm looking here the left side of the bracket has belgium portugal italy france and spain Mm. while on the right side the most recognizable teams are england germany and the netherlands yeah um so and obviously some of these teams are playing against each other so it's going to give a good chance for some of those underrated uh nations to go deep in the tournament we might see like a wales team go to the semifinals again you never know in these one-off games when 
with uh, all the tension in the air. So anything can happen. But going back to the Italy thing, you're not convinced about them entirely? Yeah, I mean, I'm not fully convinced. I think they could beat a team like Austria. Austria play everything through Sabitzer and Leiner. So if, you know, if they shut those guys down, Sabitzer plays in the middle of the park. So if you have, you know, guys like Locatelli and um, Virginia has actually played pretty solid as well. Uh, if you have those guys shut him down, I think that, that they're a very beatable team. And I think as long as you, you get a good performance out of those guys, again, Locatelli and Jorginho, um, and just kind of rely on Insigne and, and Immobile to, to do the offensive heavy lifting, um, that we could certainly see them go through uh, against Austria. I just I just don't think Austria are as solid of a team. They certainly don't have the experience level that Italy does. Right. I don't think they have the management that Italy does. Um, so I, I think you could see them, uh, I'm predicting Italy to win here. Um, but you know, uh, th- there's definitely a lot of youth in, in that Italy side still like on the offensive end. So that, I think that's kind of where things falter. Usually, um, defense can keep you in a game, but it's probably not going to win you a game in the round of 16. Um, yeah. especially in a one and done, you know, you can't, you can't just sit back and, and rely on those guys to protect you. So yeah, I think Italy wins, but I think that we're going to be in for an actually uh, pretty solid game. Low scoring for sure. Yeah, and uh, the other two teams that qualified uh, being Wales and then Switzerland uh, getting one of those third-place positions um, on the final day. They got a draw against, or they got a win against Turkey. Big win for them. Um, Wales getting a matchup against uh, Denmark. Yep. Uh, emotional there mm-hmm. uh, Denmark playing off for the for Ericsson so they're going to be very very keen for this and then on the other hand Switzerland debatably got the worst draw anybody could get against France yeah um, obviously right off paper you're thinking Wales has a better chance than Switzerland do you think let's hit on Switzerland first um, coming off a huge win against Turkey now Turkey had an awful tournament which you and me both saw coming but yeah. a lot of people thought they were going to do very well um, they just got exposed, especially when you're getting three goals against you by Switzerland and two of them coming from Shakiri. Um, not looking your best. No, no disrespect to Shakiri. I mean, the one was an absolute scorcher. Yeah, it was a screamer. But um, what do you think about Switzerland here in this matchup against France? Can they can they hold them to extra time and penalties, or do you think they can nick a goal early and potentially pack it in? Uh, I just don't see that happening. I think France are bloodthirsty now. They. They kind of sat back too much um, in that group stage. I don't think that was the France that we've seen in years past, especially at the World Cup. They looked a little flat. Um, you saw them, you know, draw hungry. There's yeah. no, there's no reason for France to ever be drawing hungry um, in really any circumstance. The literally the the guys on the French bench should could, could probably beat the hungry Hungary's best eleven. Uh, five nil. Like they should be doing that every single time. Um, yeah. and and I looked the other day. Like Deschamps picked an absolutely flawless team. Uh, that there is so much talent and quality in every single position. It's so deep. Um, there was no reason for them to have that result against Hungary. And I think that yep. they know that. And I'm sure Deschamps has told them that. Um, and I think that that France will absolutely batter them now. Yeah, and then Wales, on the other hand, anything can happen against this Denmark team yeah. because uh, in their first two matches, obviously the first being um, catastrophic with the incident with Ericsson against mm-hmm. Finland, yeah. um, that one you can maybe brush under the rug, but uh, that matchup against uh, Belgium they had, 
it just didn't go their way. They got ex- they uh, got exposed a little bit. They did get the lead early off a mistake out of the back, but they just couldn't hold on. There's a lot of these teams. I saw a lot um, from the for all these games. Like the, whatever team takes the lead usually doesn't win. Uh, is it yeah. something psychologically that a manager does that as soon as we get the lead, we're going to pack it in and play conservatively? Because you don't see a lot of teams that just go all the way. Just we're just going to crank it up. Yeah, I mean, I think it is. I think it's a manager thing for sure. I don't have a ton more to say about that, but I think that's that's really where that's kind of yeah. where that sits. It's it's up to them, especially in an international tournament. Like they the manager plays such a more advanced role, I think, in an international tournament than they do yeah. uh, in club competition. I I can't I like I can't get to the bottom of exactly why that is, um, but a good manager in an international tournament. Like it goes a really long way. Yeah, we're seeing that um, with the success of Italy right now. Right. Yeah. We'll, we'll touch on Belgium next. Um, mm-hmm. We'll we'll go right into them now. Actually, so Group B uh, finished pretty much well. We got the top two both right. Uh, Belgium finishing top, only giving up one goal, scoring seven. Kevin De Bruyne playing like an absolute goat, yep. um, coming back from that eye injury, and Lukaku is bossing it up top. There's. There was one goal in their final match against um, against Finland where he just split the defenders, got a ball from Kevin De Bruyne, who was only looking for him to pass to in that box. And he literally just, like, with one arm, just bullied this guy and just turned and finished it. It was the, There's nothing you can do. The guy's just built like an ox. Hey, he's a, a monster. Mini, he's like Heskey, mini, except he's good. Yeah, he's a mini-ox in Fenwell. Like, he's mm-hmm. an absolute unit. And um, we're seeing quality... We're seeing quality performances from Thorgan Hazard. He's playing a very big role. Um, not as much. I'm not seeing much from Dries Mertens. Um, but Tillemans is getting in there. And um, surprisingly, your boy, blast from the past for Malin, mm-hmm. getting a goal in that final matchup. I didn't even know he was on this team. Yeah. Um, but you're getting key performances from guys all across the field. Um, still, I'm not convinced about their defense. Very young. Uh, inexperienced with Denaire and Boyata in these types of competitions. I don't know how they're going to do. Um, obviously, uh, the best test uh, for that question is Cristiano Ronaldo and the Portuguese attack. So that's going to really decide if they're serious or not. Um, but Denmark, I'll, I'll hit on this next. Denmark getting in on the final game absolutely pumping russia yeah um it, it, it kind of felt good that they got in with after the ericsson thing because um it would have just been really sad and everybody would have thought about that but now they have more to look forward to the the, the country the fans and the team um, they have something to really drive home hopefully ericsson can go to those games and be there in person i'd like to see that but um w- what do you think about these top two teams moving on I mean, I think Belgium are an actual threat. I don't know if Denmark yeah. are a serious threat moving forward. Um, yeah, they got the Wales matchup that we touched on earlier. Yeah, that's that. I think that's kind of a coin flip. Like that could definitely go either way. Wales having finished um, in the semis in the last Euro, I think mm-hmm. goes a long way for them. I think that they're looking to do that again, um, or maybe even surpass that. And every once in a while, you see a team squeak into the uh, into the semis. So. That could certainly happen. Uh, Denmark, I just don't think, have all the right pieces right now. Um, right. You know, they, they do have a couple of really good guys. Polson's good. Um, he showed up. Yeah, he did. He showed up. Um, but but other than, than Polson and a couple of guys, 
defensively, um, the team's just not, it's not special. And when you look at right. Belgium, you have a specific star quality, like we've mentioned. Um, Merton's not necessarily performing thus far, but a star nonetheless. Uh, Lukaku, a star, amazing uh, at enter. He's kind of really finally found himself. And then you have, of course, I mean, De Bruyne. He's he's the best center attack midfielder in the world. He can play yep. as a regular CM. He can play as a cam. He can play in the false nine. Um, he's a scorer, but he is more than anything else, a visionary and a leader. So I think that that just is worth so much in the later stages of the tournament. Belgium, I think, are now entering uh, their final gear uh, after... I wouldn't say a rocky group stage, but certainly a group stage where I didn't think they were playing at their absolute peak. Um, and I think Roberto Martinez will have them in peak shape um, moving on. And, and, you know, they have they have a matchup against... Who do they play? Spain? Who's that? Belgium. The, they match up against Portugal. Oh, I'm sorry. It is, yeah, it's Portugal. My, my bracket's mm. kind of fucked up. Some of it's right and some of it's not. Um, yeah. Yeah, so so it's going to be a really good game. But, um, yeah, I kind of like Belgium. Yeah, I'll say this about Denmark. They're top five in teams in possession through the tournament in the group stage with 57. Um, and they've had the most attempts on goal in the whole tournament with 61. That's a lot. So they are, they are a very attacking team, a lot of counterattacks. Um, so I definitely would favor them in this Wales matchup. And, I mean, they could make a strong case for the semis because they'll play the winner of the Netherlands and Czech Republic. It's just going to come down to tactics and matchups with player quality. But I think they do. They could be, like you said, one of those dark horse semifinal teams. So uh, I'll be rooting for them. Uh, and then I guess touch on before we move on. Finland had a great start, got the nice win against Denmark. Really, all they needed was one more point and they would have been locked in, but they just couldn't get the job done um, against Belgium or Russia. And then obviously Russia just got pumped in there, um, did not do well. They did get a win against uh, Finland 1-0, but um, they just did not, they just couldn't do it on the defensive end. Yeah. Um, Finland just not full of the same quality that the other teams in yeah. this group. Even Russia, like even Russia has, has some better players, some quicker players. Um Finland didn't deserve that win against Denmark, I don't think. Yeah, uh, they, it, was, it was tough. The circumstances were tough. There was a yeah. stoppage in the game, and then they restarted later. It was just kind of scuffed from the start. But yeah. yeah, so I just, I mean, it's fine. We're not really missing anything with them going out. Sometimes it hurts to see a team go out, but uh, I got no love for Finland, to be honest with you. Yeah, all right. We'll see you in the Premier League, Pookie. Yep. We'll see how you do there. See ya. Um, moving on, Group C. Uh, pretty conventional order. Both of us, I think, predict this right exactly. We have the Netherlands, perfect three, three and three, yep. uh, nine points, uh, top of the group. Austria second on the final day, getting a key win against Ukraine, who they beat out for that spot, who squeaked in uh, in that final third place position with three points, just getting in on goal differential, showing why it's important in group play that you really need to monitor that. And then North Macedonia doing what everybody thought they were going to do. They were just going to get no points, just be in there for the memes and just to have a moment or two. And I'm I'm glad they scored a couple goals because yeah. that would suck if they went the whole way without scoring. All those fans being at the stadium that would have been that would have fucking blow. Yeah. But um, out of all the teams I've seen so far, the Netherlands. I'm talking across all groups. They play great tiki taka. Like yeah, it's they do. The roots of the Dutch football just. 
a vertical football. There was one key possession against North Macedonia where they went from a goal kick to getting an attacking opportunity with a sweat across goal within, I think, four passes. Just uh, I don't know if it's DeBoer as much because he's had a lot of criticism about his managerial history, but uh, the players are looking great out there. Depay is looking like a standout. He just got a move to Barcelona on a free. I uh, mentioned that. I think that was last. I, I think that was confirmed the day after last week's episode. Yeah, it's been uh, in the works for a long time mm-hmm. now. It was them and PSG, but Barcelona yeah. were the team that won out. Yeah, because you thought you thought he was going to go PSG. I did, yeah. And um, uh, Genie Wijnaldum is scoring goals. He's getting up there. He's really p- putting on a show there. Um, Daily Blin still doing work there. Uh, not really seeing Van de Beek still. Oh, that guy no. cannot get minutes. It's it's tough scenes out there. But um, really interested to see how they do. Obviously, they'll play the Czech Republic, uh, a favorable matchup for them. Uh, they they in that group with Czech Republic, Wales, and Denmark. You would think they're guaranteed the semifinals, either against uh, England or Germany, uh, if we're going chalk. But I mean, anything can happen. But they look like they're going to walk into that semifinal for me. What about you? Is there anything you saw from them that that uh, surprised you or that you were happy with? Yeah, I mean, I was a little apprehensive about putting Netherlands at the top of Group C. Right. Internationally, they've struggled over the past couple of years. They're certainly not mm-hmm. the team they used to be. With you know. RVP and Schneider and uh, yep. Robin, the rest of the absolute studs that they produced oh, yeah. in the uh, mid to late 2000s. But now we have we have a new generation of players, and, and they're quicker. Um, yep. They're certainly quicker. They're, they're way quicker than um, those old teams. You have guys that are you know starting to break out. You have Graven Birch. He's, he's unreal. We just got to see a little bit of him in the last game. Um, but you know what, Malin, Malin's a good oh, one. Oh, dude, Danielle, yeah, he's he's unreal. He's so fucking fast. Um, Depay, not as fast as he used to be, but a much more technically gifted player now. Really, really yeah. solid. You have guys, you know, also that are slower. Uh, Weghorst being one, plays for Wolfsburg, been there for a long time now. Um, who's also really good on the ball and, and plays well as a holdup man. And and that's not to, to take anything away from their defense. Denzel Dumfries, absolute buccaneer. He's yep. fucking unreal. I hope he gets a move um, because he is so, so solid. I can see him being extremely successful in a wingback format in the Prem or even maybe um, in Spain. Uh, he, he's been really good. And the rest of the guys are, are holding up back there. Um, I think we have a lot. To, we have to thank DeVry. Um, and Dumfries for that, to be honest with you. Delict has been good as well. Um, but you, you don't want anything to happen uh, in that back line because Stecklenburg is your keeper, and he's mid. We'll just say he's mid. Um, but yeah, I think this, this Netherlands team I'm much more confident in now than I was um, when we when we did our predictions, uh, they've shown to me that they can you know not only score but defend as a unit. And like you said, it, it's tiki taka, it's team football. Um, and I, I'm really really impressed with, with the way that this Netherlands team is playing. Yeah. Uh, on the other hand, Austria and Ukraine uh, first with Austria, uh, they look shaky in the back. Yeah, there were they times do. where there was sloppy play, and Ukraine had multiple opportunities to take the lead in that game or equalize and it just could not happen 
um, due to just poor passing and that, but and the final product. But a, a team like obviously the Netherlands picked him apart, and we'll see. Obviously, with Italy, Italy's been looking clinical going forward, so they may get absolutely murdered in that matchup. Uh, Ukraine, on the other hand, get a a nicer matchup, you could say, against Sweden, but we know how Sweden is in these tournaments, obviously the World Cup. Um, they could get a rematch, yeah. a quarterfinal rematch against England and have some redemption there. Could it be a redemption arc? Um, I like Sweden in that game. I don't think Shevchenko has enough with that team, no. um, especially if they go down. They just put their heads down, and there's a lot of stress on those guys that I don't think they can push through. But um, both of these teams are probably going to be one and done for me. Yeah. Uh, is there anything you think you could see maybe happening? Is there an upset possible? No, I think I think Austria are shaky, just like you said, and I think Ukraine suffer from men, you know issues with mental toughness. Um, I don't think Shevchenko is that experienced as a manager. No. I don't think he can he can tactically put those guys. And obviously, it's not all on him. I don't think right. he has the the ta- he doesn't have the same talent as these other guys yeah. or these other countries, I should say. So it's tough to do with what you have. They could probably put Shevchenko out there, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah I bet I he I bet he still got some left in the tank. He definitely could. He definitely <laughs> could, I'd say. Uh, yeah, I don't. I just don't think Ukraine have the quality. Um, they've relied on Yarmolenko for a lot of their their offensive play, um, and Austria, like you said, extremely shaky at the back. Not really super experienced. They have some young guys back there. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Martin Hinteregger is one really solid player, but pretty young. Um, and then you have, you know, Alaba, who is a veteran, but you can't leave it all up to one guy. So yeah. uh, I, I just I don't think that that Austria are ready to do it right now. Um, Sabitzer, I've said uh, time and time again, fantastic he's player. He's really, really good. He's he's really performing. I think he's going to get himself a move. Um, probably not this transfer window, but maybe um, in the winter or or next summer. Um, he's way too talented to stay in the Bundesliga for a team that aren't really going to contend. Um, right. And then you know Arnautovic has been really mediocre. I'm I'm not I was never really a huge Arnautovic guy. Um, you know he plays in China, so the quality of football that he um, is is subjected to and participates in every week is far lower than in the leagues across the rest of the globe. Yeah. So Limer, uh, Conrad Limer, he's, he's been really good. And I think that other guy, uh, Stefan Lehner, uh, it's Lehner and Limer, Lamer, however <laughs> you want to fucking pronounce it. Um, he, he's been okay too in the back, but um, oh, overall, um, Franco Foda is their coach. They just, uh, I, I don't think they have what it takes to, to get a result in the knockout. Yeah, I agree there. Okay, moving on. Uh, halfway point, moving on to Group D. Uh, England, top in the group. We both were a little questionable about that because we were thinking, uh, obviously, all the time England's overhyped, overhyped with the talent, but they did pull through. Southgate did hold uh, no goals against, but the problem was they only scored two goals, which was the second least. They scored just as many as North Macedonia and Russia, So, um, and both of those teams finished last. So they're lucky. Uh, that they defensively were there because otherwise we may be talking about them not even making it. Um, But they finished the top, Croatia second. Um, We both thought they would move on. And then flip-flopped order, Czech Republic, uh, forgetting about the West Ham boys with Kufan, Suchek. um, And obviously Schick's had a great performance early on. Uh, And then Scotland doing 
just attack. I guess we can start with them. Scotland just they were the attacks were there, the opportunities were there. Robertson obviously plays great balls in, but um, the likes of Che Adams and John McGinn and uh, Dykes up top just could not put them away. Um, maybe that's due to their quality. Obviously, Dykes' championship, Che Adams, uh, kind of like second fiddle to Danny Yings there in the Prem. Yep. John John McGinn, kind of second-rate midfielder in there for Villa behind uh, all those other guys that are key players. Um, I think we both had Scotland third in this, and I think one of us had them go moving on. Uh, the the only game they showed up in was the England game, England and, uh, game. for for obvious reasons. Yeah. But other than that, it was just they were plucked apart by Croatia. Modric showed his class there, um, and Perisic as well. He's done well. And then obviously, uh, Schick pulled off that fifty yard uh, chipper. <laughs> that was unreal in that game. Probably up there, goal for the t- goal of the tournament so far. Yeah. Um, is this what you thought Scotland was going to do, or did you think there was possibly a chance they could have squeaked in? Well, I, I was I was the guy that picked them to be one of the third place qualifiers, and yeah. I, I I was totally wrong. Um, and the here is where I think um you can tell that they're young and inexperienced. They yeah. celebrated that nil nil draw with England like they had yes. won the Euro, and yes. that is the problem. That is where the entire issue lies. They are not managed by an experienced coach. They're managed by a coach who doesn't really know what he's doing. Um, and they are just too young. And you know, they have some guys that, that are experienced and are veterans. But what are they truly veterans of? Scottish football? Not, they're, they're, they're not, you know, you're not that guy, pal. Have you seen the TikTok? These are not that guys. They're just, they're not them. And yeah. I, I was wrong to have predicted them to be one of those teams that were going to qualify through. Um, they just didn't have enough in the tank. And I think if you if you look at the way those guys, the players, were acting on Twitter um, after they they drew nil nil to England, that's yeah. not that impressive of a result. England weren't firing on on all cylinders. They no. they. England beat themselves there, really, and and I have a couple yeah. of English buddies that you know that that I chat with, and they said the same thing. They were like, you know, Southgate and and England, they were the ones who lost who, who lost that game. It wasn't that Scotland overperformed or played well. Yes, um, mm-hmm. Billy Gilmore really kind of the only like uh, you know stunning player of the whole tournament, and, and he missed that last game because of COVID. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, so that, I wanted to, I wanted to talk about that the BS. Um... After the match, like you said, he was he was in close contact with Ben Chilwell and Mason Mount, yeah. and uh, he the whole Scottish team still got to play their third match, but Mount and Chilwell have to be ten ten days isolation. That's weird, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's a bit it, strange. It's, it's so fucked, bro. It's I mean, so dumb. Obviously, I'm happy that they're gonna get some rest, and yeah. obvi- for selfish reasons with club football, but yeah, I mean. The Euros is only four years, like once every four years. Like these guys got to play, and Chilwell's been getting picked over too by uh, Shaw and, and Trippier. Like, give the yeah. guys some time to play. Um, Reese James has stepped up in there, and Mount with his time did well. Um, Sterling is the only man that can I just score don't for get England it, right now. Um, it doesn't make sense with Harry Kane. Is what do you think is wrong with Harry Kane? Is it the service? Is it just? 
is it just the the certain amount of, it was just like it's just natural it's like a normal thing it's like I, I don't know how to put it like i don't know what's going on with them well let it be known that i'm not harry kane's biggest fan i never have been <laughs> yeah. you, you know that yeah. i've always said that he is very very good when he plays with sun but when he plays without sun there is a certain something that he loses. And I think there are plenty of other players that Kane will play with in his career that elicit that same response from him and allow him to work in that one-two fashion where he can both score and assist said player. But that player is not on this English team. And the way that I have described Kane thus far in this tournament is tired, lethargic, and just overall toothless. This is not a Harry Kane that we see in league football ever in any competition. I haven't seen him look like this in a long time. Since Harry Kane broke onto the scene um, back when he was a 68-rated bronze in FIFA, I remember it quite well. He has Mm -hmm. been a goal-scoring and assisting machine, and he just looks tired and lost and... And and just uninterested. In, in, in the first game, you saw him make some runs that opened up play, allowed Sterling to score. Um, but but ever since then, I think since he's not getting a ton of touches, he just seems like he's kind of out of it. He's not the center of the play. I don't think he's interested. And you may see that you may see that change. But this England side has so many attacking options. It's it's actually unreal the amount of quality that they have i cannot remember an england team like this in a very long time probably since since rooney and beckham were playing like i i just don't know how there's any excuse for you to get two fucking goals two goals when you have those attacking options let's just list a few you have kane who should have scored four goals alone you have sterling who shouldn't ever even be starting in this team to be honest with you you have bellingham you have rashford you have mount these and grealish too and grealish looked when he got time we'll we'll be fair he did look good creatively he looked very solid and he He was he got the assist in the check game yeah he was the one that that got things opened up for them but that ball started with bukayo saka i will just let everybody know he looked really good too um there were talks of him being man of the match for there yeah, he did. I think he got it. I'm pretty sure. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I just don't think there's any really excuse for, for, for England to be scoring two goals in the entirety of the group. The fact that they managed to come top with only scoring two goals is a marvel. Um, but but yeah, I, I actually think a lot of this falls on Kane. I don't really think you can put it all on Southgate. Maybe Kane and Southgate don't get along. I don't know um, what the inner workings of their relationship are like. Um, but but yeah, I've been thoroughly disappointed with the way that Sir Harold Kane has has been performing. Yeah, and Saka, I'll say, is the only Arsenal representative on the England team, so he's representing well there. Um, yeah, uh, obviously we're gonna touch on the knockout rounds later, but they they have what a lot of people had drawn up in their prediction: England versus Germany. Yeah. Um, uh, a tale long, long. It's been going on for a long time. Yep. Um, can they beat the Germans? And two world uh, wars and one world cup. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Um, but the other teams, Croatia, 
did not look the best at the start, losing to England uh, 1-0, but they pulled it together as the tournament went on. Things opened up, and they really found themselves. Um, their age has been shown a little bit, but yeah. they are dominating possession very well in games, and it just the counterattacks are their problem. They just can't keep up with the speed a lot of times, but when the game slowed down, they are an absolute unit of a team that can control the tempo very well, and they can score goals if they need to. Uh, and then the Czech Republic, the other team squeaking in, one of those third positions, um, they've been performing well. I mean, yeah. they kind of peaked early on, the, the exact opposite of how Croatia did. They got the win against Scotland, which was huge for them, uh, for how they were going to play the next two games, and then they did well against Croatia, uh, getting a pen controversial var has been playing a big role in this tournament just as it has across all tournaments and all leagues um and then they couldn't get the job done against england which is which is respectable i mean you you could see that happening um just not matching up well against all that star quality so um i mean croatia in their matchup they're going up against spain um very winnable for them i'll say even though spain's coming off a heater against slovakia We'll touch on that next. And then uh, Czech Republic, we said earlier, they play the Dutch. Very, very tough matchup. I don't know if they're going to do well. I don't know if Schick's going to be able to carry on this momentum. Um, hopefully he can for Mourinho's sake when he goes back to Roma. But I definitely can see England. If England can beat Germany, they have a very strong case to make the final. Um, it's just going to be... <laughs> I, there's no way other. There's nothing really else to say other than we're gonna have to wait to see. Yeah, I agree. You're right. There's literally nothing else to say, but we need to wait and see. Like we can talk about man-to-man matchups and what they could do. Like earlier with Harry Kane, he needs to wake up. But yeah, we're never gonna know until those lineups are out and we see who who steps up to the plate. True. Um, but uh, moving on to Group E, which was. For both of us, the most unpredictable group, anything yeah. could happen. But I'll say your your stock in Sweden proved fortunate, um, finishing top of the group. Very rare, ta- very hot take, but it was correct. Uh, two wins and a draw for Sweden. Very, very good for them. Could have been they 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 could have been in that second position, but a ninety second minute winner against Poland put them mm-hmm. through first. Um, how happy are you with Sweden's performance so far? And how happy are you with their draw for Ukraine? Uh, I mean, the, I think that's a great draw against Ukraine. Like, I, we really can't ask for much better. We, we talked about the fact that we think, um, we think Shevchenko is, is not really equipped to, to coach this team. Um, and we also talked about the fact that everything kind of runs through Yarmolenko if you're looking for some sort of dynamic play. So I think, you know, it's it's a great draw. Uh, it's favorable for Sweden. Uh, but in terms of how Sweden are performing themselves, I mean, I'm I'm thrilled. Um, Zach and I, and, and obviously you were on that show as well, we talked about, you know, Eber getting left home because of the injury. I think that's huge. I think yep. that I think that the Sweden team are playing as an a very, very good unit. Um, really solid. Forsberg, great in the middle of the park. He was great at the year, uh, World Cup. He's been great here. Um, you're seeing the emergence of, of another dynamic player in Isaac, who is really, really good. And I think yep. could, like, he has a ton of potential. He could be very good. 
Um, and overall, I mean, this the Sweden team just plays as a really strong and solid unit. And those are the teams that can sometimes make their way through in a tournament where, where shit seems um, like cloudy. Berg's been good. Um, and then, you know, you, you have other guys like Ekdal, who we've seen, you know, for years now. Just a really solid player. Um, Lindelof's been good in the back. I've actually been shocked. Um, and, you know, Robin Olsen, uh, Everton, Everton backup, he's been good in the goal. So I'm, I'm really happy with the way that Sweden are playing. They don't have a ton of massive names, but it's that unit play that I was talking yeah. about, um, today. And, and obviously in the last pod too, it's such a huge factor. Mm-hmm. And, um, Jan Anderson, you know, hats to him or Tip of the hat to him. I I got stumbled on that saying too, just like you did earlier. <laughs> um, tip of the hat to him. He's he's been really really good, and um, they all must have a really solid relationship because they they play as a really really strong unit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the other team getting out of the group, uh, Spain, mm-hmm. uh, coming coming until the last game where they pump Slovakia five nil. Now that that game is kind of scuffed. I yeah, mean, it was scuffed. So- That's the word for it. Spain played how they normally did. Spain, I'll say this, statistically, they have dominated possession. They lead the tournament with 68.7% possession So against all three of those teams. So they dominate the ball, um, and they've scored six goals, obviously five in the one game. But um, it comes down to being clinical, and I don't think they are. Like we've no, said they're earlier, not. very young. Morata isn't that guy. Uh, in that Slovakia game, he had a penalty saved. Um, just not that guy in those moments that you want. Um, and they did get a draw against Poland. They get the early lead from Morata, surprisingly, who's the only guy that can score for them in these tight games. But uh, they couldn't hold through, and Lewandowski scored. I think he ended the tournament with three goals, uh, two in their last game uh, against Sweden, but it just wasn't meant to be for them. They needed to win that game, but they couldn't. Uh, but um, Spain played great, great style of football. It just comes down to... In the end, just finishing, and they can work the ball into these positions, but um, it's just these guys aren't hungry enough to get there, and they just don't have that, don't have the finesse for it. They're constipated Um, in front of the net, and you're not going to see that. Like that's a player thing. They don't have a guy. Like they don't have a guy up there. If Morata is your number one choice, it's a problem. Gerard Moreno needs to be getting more time. Because he was unreal this season. Um, he needs to be getting more time. He needs to be the one that they're forcing the ball to. It doesn't, it can't be Morata. They have to stop doing that. And when you, you know, like you said, they got five goals here. Fluke, 100%. It was a fluke. Um, and, and I said at the beginning of this, finishing would be the thing that would undo Spain. And I think it still will be the thing that undo Spain when the pressure gets turned back up. Um, you know, the stakes of this game, sure, were high. Um, uh, 5-0 result, really, really good. But uh, I just don't see, uh, uh, I don't see a favorable uh, outcome for them. Um, back to that possession thing. So in each of their games, so first when they played Sweden, 86% possession to 14 against Poland, 77% possession to 23. And then against Slovakia, 66 to 34. So they control the ball. It's just the amount of times they create chances. Now, when they play a team like Croatia, who controls the ball more and has the midfield to compete with them, and let's say they win there, they're going to have to play France. 
that anything if they if France might let them control the game and just hit him on the counter with Mbappe and there's literally nobody that can keep up with him. So if they're not careful, they can get exposed on that counterattack. So that might be their downfall, holding onto the ball too long and not driving forward like we were saying with the Netherlands, vertical football. They just aren't there for that. It's all side to side and waiting for that opportunity. So um, I don't see Spain going that deep. They'll be lucky if they get past the quarters, obviously France. Um, but if they do, credit to them. They deserve it. Uh, and then other than that, Slovakia, just not just not there. Um, they got a result against Poland, which was one of the shockers early on. We thought Poland was going to be a, a strong, strong team. But once again, Poland doing their thing, just not showing up to competitive tournaments. Um. I mean, yeah, there's nothing really else to say about those teams. What do you think about Lewandowski? I'll say this. What, what do you think about Lewandowski? Was it, a, was it a good performance for him? Three goals. It's so hard to say. Like, he's working with so little, I feel like, with that Polish team. Right. Um, there's really not a lot of guys that are going to provide him really solid service. There's a lot of old guys on that team. Um I don't think you can blame Lewandowski. I mean, what what, what can you what can you really expect from the guy? Um, he Scored had three goals against Sweden. Uh, he should have had like five goals. Did you see the one? Um, did you see the sequence where he headed the ball against the crossbar, and then literally Twice. two seconds later, he headed the ball back against the crossbar? He was just unlucky. I mean, uh, he's cursed or something. Um, he just had a really you know really really shitty draw in terms of the team he's playing for, but I respect his, his hustle to continue to play for, for Poland. You know, some of these guys switch their nationality when they don't like the cut of, uh, cut of the team's jib. So, um, unfortunate that we're not going to see, uh, see a guy like him, uh, move on into the next round. But, um, overall, I, I don't think you can fault him for it. I think he did what he could. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then moving on to the final group, the group of death, um, a lot of games to cover here, but, it turned out to be what we thought, a group of death. And yeah. it came down to the final day. And the most surprising team in this group was Hungary. They made these games very interesting. In both of their draws, they scored first. They, they, they had first blood. And it shocked those teams, those teams being France and um, Germany. Just very, they really showed up with that five in the back. And they just wanted it. I was very happy with it, and I listened back to our predictions. I said, I'll be shocked if Hungary get more than two points, and that's where they finished. But it, it just made that the group that more, much more interesting. Um, France finishing top with five points, Germany with four, and Portugal four, but Germany, or Portugal uh, finishing second with the goals four, scoring more. Um, Ronaldo's showing up. I think right now he's tied all-time uh, for all-time most international goals with 109. So if he can bag one in that Belgium game, he'll hold the record for the most all-time, and I'm I'm sure he he will. Yeah. Uh, um, but w- w- you're the one that predicted this group uh perfectly, right? I did indeed. Yeah. So what what did you think about it overall? Was it the most entertaining group for you? I mean, it was a fucking nail biter. Like every every game was so important. Um, when I saw Hungary, I talked a little bit about this at the beginning. When I saw Hungary draw France one one, I was like, "Oh, this group's fucking shot, dude." 
and Germany just looked flat every game. It wasn't until it wasn't until that game against um, against Hungary, you know, the the final game of the group, where they sort of came alive and had a sense of urgency. They just don't seem they don't look like teams of Germany past. Um, and and you have the same coach, you know, it's, it's Yogi Love. So um, I I just figured I'd be getting more from these guys, and and they're not really giving us a ton. Really, it's kind of it's kind of fallen on Havertz. I think he's like this the central piece in this team, and I I didn't yeah. I don't know if I was necessarily expecting that. Um, defensively, they look suspect. Usually, yeah. they're defensively fucking fantastic. Um, all over the park, we're just witnessing a sort of breakdown, maybe a dilapidation of in quality um, in terms of you know looking at teams in the past. Um, but it did end the way that I thought it would. Uh, Germany getting that result against Hungary managed to launch them into second place. Portugal just squeaking by in third place. I think Portugal actually are a better team than Germany, especially um, after watching the way everything's uh, folded out here in Group F. Um, I just think they got a couple really unlucky breaks with with the own goals and shit like that. Um, But but France, you know, once again, seemed to be the team, um, for for me at least, that that are going to perform the best and go the furthest. I have them winning the tournament. I think they, they still will. Um, Germany were a team that I was worried about, um, you know, knocking France off or fucking them up in this group F, but, you know, France getting unscathed out of this group, I think the hardest part of the tournament for them is done. I wouldn't say that. I think they're on the tough side of the group. Um, you could say they'll breeze past Switzerland, get a tough matchup against Spain, and then they're going to have to fight off either Belgium, Portugal, or Italy, and then have to play a final. I think their road's very tough. I think um, they'll beat the shit out of fucking Spain. Spain, yeah. Croatia. It could be Croatia. We could have a rematch from the World Cup. Yeah. Um, a lot of those players from that game are still on these teams. Um, but for me right now, player of the tournament, top three, Paul Pogba. Yeah. Um, looks, this cat. Plays good this, in blue. This cat is <laughs> falling out. I, I mean, I was watching the highlights against, um, whatchamacallit, against Portugal. He was picking out dimes. Now, VAR fucked up half the chances because of like a hand or fingernail offsides, but he was finding so many great runs from Mbappe, Benzema, and Griezmann. Like, oh, and then he had a couple shots that, um, whatchamacallit, that uh, Patricio was standing on his head for. Yep. I don't know what it is, man. I'll but tell you when... what it is. I'll tell you exactly what it is. A good defensive midfielder unlocks him. Conte 100% unlocks him. All of Pogba's performances, 70% of it, you have to thank Conte for. He worries about the shit that Pogba has to worry about when he plays for United because, you know, they don't have a good... Domine and Fred can't do that Yeah, because they're fucking mid. Like, you're you're used to playing with Fred. When you go from playing with Fred to playing with N'Golo Conte, it's like Jordan, you know, going from playing with fucking... It's like comparing when he played with with Pippen to when he was just playing with Tony Kukoc. Like it's totally different. It's it's just an entirely different thing. Sure, Fred and McTominay can do a job, but you you know Conte is the best defensive midfielder in the world. He might be the best of all fucking time. He's just 
ridiculous. Everywhere he's played, he's so good, and he works so hard so that the guys that have more foot skill and more vision for the game can do their job, and that is so underrated. I think you have to thank Conte for everything we've seen from Pogba. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, defensively, they've been holding up pretty decently. Um, Rabio being one of those guys in the midfield with them too, and Taliso, those guys are good. Yeah, uh, role players to have in there interchanging. Um, Olivier Giroud only getting one match so far. I know. He, are, are we not? Are we not seeing enough Giroud? Giroud will play a role. He's coming. Just, just, he, just wait because they'll need you, him, and he'll. Do you he'll see deliver. a? Do you see a matchup situation in any of these upcoming games for them that you think he has to start for a specific matchup? No, I don't think you want him starting in any any of these games. I think you, you I think it takes away. I think you need to bring him on when you need a goal because he will give you a goal. He has goals. He just stores them inside him, and when you need them, he'll give them to you. Whether it be a morale booster goal. Where whether it be a goal that you know you need to get back to to, to leading if you're drawing and, and you need to get ahead, he'll give you that goal. He is just so clinical, and we've seen with age, he's become an even better goal scorer. He takes every chance like he has a gun pointed at his head. He has to score. So I think that's the way that you need to look at it in a tournament like this where it's do or die. We're in those stages now. Those do or die situations are when Giroud comes out. That's he. That's how he was for Arsenal. He's done it a couple times for Chelsea, even in his limited amounts of play. And I think you'll see it again here. There's there's no evidence that points to, to the contrary. Yeah, I agree with all of that. Um, so that recaps, I shouldn't say that recaps, that concludes our review of all the groups and so far. Um, I guess we'll review, we'll look over the round of 16, we'll say how we feel about these matchups, and then I guess we'll wrap up the episode. Um, do you, let's go off of when they're scheduled to play. So Saturday, we have two games, I believe the Wales game is first against Denmark. Yeah, so that's the first matchup. Um, I'm leaning towards Denmark in this matchup. I think emotionally they're there. I don't think Wales can hold on there. If we get a Wales performance um, when they played against Turkey, where Bale was picking out absolute dimes, yeah. Wales easy by a million. But I don't think we're going to get that performance. I think Wales building out of the back could be a problem, and Denmark has shown they can capitalize on that with some press. Yeah. Um, so I think Denmark in a close one here. Okay, um, I'm actually gonna go with Wales. Uh, that's my guy. You're still sticking with your guns. I have to. I have no choice. Yeah. Those are my guys. You'd be a fraud other ways. I know. I'm a Gareth Bale stan. I'm a Joe Allen uh, stan. I'm an Aaron Ramsey stan. One of my one of my favorites. Um, so I'm I'm gonna go with Wales. I have to stick to my guns. Okay, and then the other matchup on Saturday is Italy Austria. I'm sure we're both gonna back Italy here. We've already talked about how. Austria has a debatable defense. Uh, there were times where Alaba was caught sleeping a little bit, but he is providing more on the offensive end. He's putting in great crosses to uh, Arnautovic and those other guys in the attack. So um, I don't think it's going to pan out in their favor, though. I think Italy is too strong of a unit in the back that they will not be able to penetrate. 
Yeah, I'm on Italy here. I just think Italy have shown me nothing but good things. Um, I know I mentioned earlier that I think maybe they could fizzle out um, in the next the next stage after this, but but as of as of this moment, I, I'm taking Italy to beat Austria. Uh, moving on to Sunday, we have two more games. I think each day is two. So yep. or no, yeah, yeah. Um, Netherlands, Czech Republic, first one on Sunday. Uh, I don't know if, if Czech Republic has that. They're not I that guy. That. I don't, yeah, I don't <laughs> want to go through that again because I dissed them in the group stage where they did perform. They they showed qualities that they can match up well against these big teams. Um, but I don't think it's enough for the pace that the Netherlands has. I mean, uh, Depay has become a facilitator up front for the youngsters, and obviously he can pick out a dime here there. So I think this is another game that Netherlands racks them up. They are the leading team uh, with goals so far with eight. I think they put another three on here and show that they mean business. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to take Netherlands as well. I just, I yeah. just think that, that they're a stronger team. Um, I think Denzel Dumfries is an absolute demon. Um, and I think that you're getting really... Potential Bellerin replacement. Oh, dude, I would fucking bite your arm off for him. He would be unreal. Um, but yeah, I just, I just think that, uh, that Depay's having a really good tournament, and he looks really good, and I, I just think that this Netherlands team's playing as a really solid unit, and I like them against the Czech Republic, who just don't have it. Yeah. Uh, the second game on Sunday, finals, finals quality type of matchup. We have Belgium playing Portugal. Yeah. Um, obviously, I shouldn't say obviously, but Belgium is the leaning to be the favorite in this matchup. I'd say um, it's always hard to bet against Cristiano Ronaldo. It is. But KDB Lukaku, I said Lukaku is going to be the Golden Boot winner of the tournament. And I think they can go deep and get into the semis here um, and eventually get knocked out by France. But I do think Belgium will win this game. Um, We saw how Germany matched up against Portugal as a unit. They dominated the game um, and could not match up in certain positions. I I forgot about this point. Uh, With Germany, uh, Robin Goosens, absolute baller. Yeah, dude. Um, I think you mentioned you don't understand why he was starting early on in the tournament, and now we're seeing why. Um, he plays that left wing back role perfectly. Um, and this Belgium team with with Kevin De Bruyne's passing skills, far surpassing Goosen, and having a target man like Lukaku up front, very tough for Pepe to match up against at his age. Yeah. Um, very brutal man. I definitely could see this game go to extra time and pens. I'm definitely leaning on that. That that is a huge possibility for me with the Ronaldo effect. But I do think Belgium will win at the end of the match. Yeah. Um this is a hard one for me. I Yeah. It's like you said, it's just so hard to bet against a guy like Ronaldo. Like the guy yeah. defies all odds. He has done so his entire career. He's clutch as fuck. He's about as clutch as you can get um in this sport. It's hard to do. Um, but I, I just, I don't want to bet against KDB. I mean, I love him. I absolutely yeah. love him. I think he's unreal. Um, he's one of the best players I've seen in my lifetime. Um, multifaceted, mm-hmm. just so talented. 
um, good on the ball, but also a really good finisher. And I, I just think that overall Belgium are a more solid team. I think they're getting more out of their players right now. Um, Portugal aren't getting a ton out of Jota. Uh, I think that's that's part of the problem. You can tell that there's a little bit of tension between Ronaldo and the rest of the team. Um, yeah. and, and I think in a game like this where the stakes are really high, that, that Belgium are going to be the team to come out of it. Yeah. Um, I would say these two teams have the hardest road out of any of the teams in this yeah, bracket that's, set up. That's true. Definitely. Whoever wins this is going to be coming out with some battle wounds. Uh, moving on to the Monday matches, right? I think, oh, fuck, I lost my tab. Oh, God. Oh, God, it's falling apart. Uh, and we're back. Um, Spain, Croatia. I'm going with Croatia here. I think the experience in this matchup with that midfield is going to show. I do think Spain's going to control the ball more. I think Spain will have more chances. But I think Croatia clinically will be there. Um, I think Modric is going to show why he's still a top-quality player. Uh, maybe his le- this might be his last Euros. I shouldn't say it might. It will be. And I think they do make a statement win here. Yeah, I am also on Croatia. I think that they launch themselves back into the limelight, assure everybody that they are the Croatia of years past, and Spain are frauds, like I have said. I don't like Spain. I just have no love for them whatsoever. So I'm with Croatia here, too. Okay. Uh, what was it? Next matchup, we have France-Switzerland. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it short. I think France here. Okay. Yeah, I'm with France here, too. We don't really have to say much about Switzerland other than Shakiri's their main guy, and that's just not enough. You can mark up two guys easy here. Um, and, and like we said, Pogba's gonna, gonna shine for his creativity. He's gonna keep putting on a, a golden, a golden ball performance here. Um, been loving to watch him though. He's been doing great. He's so lucky to have a guy like Angola hold that shit for him. Yes, he is. Um, yeah, he takes all the credit, but yeah. Uh, the next matchup we have is England, Germany. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, I think you had this matchup here. I did. In your prediction. And I had England-Portugal. Now, we, I, we both took England. Um, That's not changing for me. I'm, I'm keeping staying with England. I, I do have to stay with England as well. But yeah. Germany, as the tournament's gone on, has picked up steam. Yeah. They've shown they can score goals um, against quality teams. I mean... They've they've had a tough break against France, one nil, um, respectable result, and then they pumped Portugal, showing that they can score and compete against those high caliber attacks. And going up against a team like England that has struggled to score, this is a great matchup and a great time for Germany to play them. Um, if I had to guess, I would say Germany are the favorites in this. Yeah. Well, no, there's actually no way they'll be the favorite. No, no let way. Me, let me look. Let me look up. I'm just thinking about in my head, like, who, I I would think, me personally, I'll say Germany is the favorite. I see Germany as the favorite here. I can't fucking pull up the tab. Hold up. Oh, no. Get that shit off. I think England will be the favorite. There's way too much hype around them for them to not be the favorite. 
I just uh, England is the favorite. Yep. Yeah. Plus one forty five. Germany about plus one ninety five. So it's okay, very, very so tight. it's close. It's super close. The odds are way better than I thought they would have been. Um, I'm gonna give my reasoning quickly. It's it's very simple. Germany have looked sus defensively, way okay. more suspect than they have in any tournament I've ever seen Germany play in. I think England are just gonna expose that. They're gonna catch that. They're gonna catch that speed that they need. Okay. I'm really down England's attack. Yeah. I'm really down, but I don't want to go against my pick. Yeah, I hear you. I'd love to say this is a game Harry Kane can wake up. Um, this matchup particularly, Gareth Salke is going to have the toughest time to match guys up against other guys. Um, it's going to really come down to that right back role. Who's he going to start to lock down Goosen out there and also... Um, team of Werner or or um Sane out there, yeah. whether it's Walker or James, um, or even could put Trippier out there. He's got so many options. It's so tactical, man to man. What's the other guy going to put there? It's it's going to be it's going to be his toughest task he's had to date as the England manager. Um, but I am going to go with England here. I do think it's going to be very close. I don't see. I can see Germany blow England out, but I can't see England blow Germany out. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hear you. There's just it's just like a staple, like historical thing in my mind that I just can't see. But we could see something new here. You could see England bust one out. Um, so yeah, that would be what we think there. And then finally, the last matchup is Sweden Ukraine. Um, it's gonna be very tough for Shevchenko here. I don't think he can complain for the matchup. He could he could have been. In um, what he could have been Austria's situation going up against Italy, which he probably would have been crying. Yeah. But they get a Swedish team that has been looking good in this tournament, but matches up better for Ukraine. I don't see it going their way though. I think Sweden is looking solid. I think Forsberg could get another goal here. Um, I think this. I think this is a matchup that Isak can shine um, with his frame. Uh, I don't think Ukraine's defense is there. I love their goalie, though. His, their goalie has been popping off in goal. The, these smaller nations, their goalies are looking phenomenal for me. But uh, I, I'm going to have to ride with you here on Sweden. Yes, join the club. Welcome to the the long boat. We are on Sweden, both of us. I, I just think that Sweden are hot right now, as hot as it gets. And I think that they, they get a good result against the Ukraine. God, if they play against England, it is going to be a tough scene. But we'll have to see. Yeah. And uh, the good thing is um, for next week's episode, um, when we record on Thursday, the quarterfinals will start on the Friday. So we can recap all the round of 16. It works out perfectly for our scheduling. Um, Other than that, um, that concludes our recap and predictions for the upcoming matches and the group stage. Um, If you guys want, follow us on our social media at post20pod. Instagram, Twitter, uh, follow us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, whichever you prefer. Yep. If you're the audio listener, if you guys are a visual listener on YouTube, um, post 20, uh, spelled out 20, the word, not two zero. Um, hit that red subscribe button and the notification bell next to it. Click on that so you're notified whenever we upload a new episode or potential live stream or whatnot. Um, absolutely free. It yep. doesn't hurt. 
um, just help us grow as a channel so more people can find this juicy content and hear our and hear our our bold takes and talk about our big losses in gambling as usual. Um, is there anything else you <laughs> want to add before we close? No, that's it. Thank you guys for listening as always. Uh, I think we're providing you some absolute fire recap content for the Euros. I've ha- I've literally watched like, I probably watched 95% of these games. I'm, I'm loving it, dude. It feels so good. Yeah, I'm fucking jealous. I'm on the opposite side of the spectrum where I'm seeing the other 5% yeah. um, because of work scheduling and that, but yeah. Um, definitely going to be able to. I won't even. I won't even be able to watch this weekend's games because I'll be on the beach. Yeah, fucking working. Oh, you guys so, might have the big jumbo though. Do you remember we used to do that for the, yeah. for the World Cup? You might have that. No, nah, they're not doing that. No, I wish, dude. That was the World Cup. This and America was in it, but are you? Yeah, should that's say. true. But I fucking wish, dude. That would have helped. Oh, so much. that's awesome. I I hope I w- I miss that so much, man. Yeah, that was awesome, though, with the sunset and the, all that laid on. Yep. Um, but, yeah, good luck to all these teams over the weekend. Um, I'm hoping we see some upsets just for the con, not the content, for storylines and that. That'd be awesome to see, like, a, a fucking Switzerland beat France. That'd be hilarious. Uh, Jaka could hold that on. Um, but, yeah, thank you guys so much for watching, and uh, we'll catch you next week. See you guys. Take care.